Welcome to the English with Kirsty podcast from www.englishwithkirsty.com. Here I'll be sharing with you tips, information and other learning resources so that you can improve your business English. Welcome to episode 144 of the English with Kirsty podcast. And today I want to talk to you about something that I actually talked about on my other website because I have two websites. Um, there's the English with Kirsty website and the blog for that, um, which is for people who are learning English. So some of the content is the same as what's on the podcast, but there are also other things on the blog. And there are things on the podcast that, that don't get on the blog as well. So, um, But they're both for people who are learning English. And then my other website is more of a personal blog. So you'll find all kinds of things on there about what I think, what, what I want to talk about that have nothing to do with learning English. And it's not an educational site. It's just a place for me to, to write and share. However, um, something I published on there recently, I think is relevant for people who are learning English too, because it's or even people who are generally interested in language, because it's about communication. Um, the title of the article was Don't Be Annoying, 15 Things I Wish People Would Stop Doing on Social Media. And in the end, there ended up being more than 15 things because I asked in my Facebook group for learners of English and they provided a few more ideas. So it ended up being a longer list than 15. But good communication isn't just about the language that you use. It's also about the things that you do and the way that you get your message across. So I thought that this might be a good thing to talk about on the podcast as well, because these things generally have nothing to do with the language skills of the people who are doing these things, but they are all communicating a message. Even if it's not the message that the person wants to communicate, you're still communicating a message. Um, so I wanted to talk about these things. Some of them are just my preferences. So they're not really things that you should never do or shouldn't do. They're just things that I don't like because the article was originally my article about things that I don't like. But some of these things I think are things that nobody likes. So obviously you just have to, you know, I don't expect everyone to agree with me on all of these things. But some of these things are definitely um, bad practice and it's proven that that these things are bad practice and certainly some of the ones around Facebook marketing that kind of thing. Um, these are really meant for people either on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, those are the main two because I'm not on Instagram so I don't know the annoying things that people do there because I don't see them. I don't have an Instagram account. Um, so it's mainly looking at um, Facebook and Twitter but I think some of these things you could probably adapt to work for other social media profiles as well because it's more about um, behaviours rather than specific sites, I think. So I'm going to run through them quickly. And yeah, let me know if you can think of any more, if you agree with them, what things annoy you on social media, because social media, whether we like it or not, is pretty much part of our everyday lives now. We, we often use it more than one um, social media site. Um, to keep in touch with people, to communicate a message if you have a brand or a business. So it's there, it's not going anywhere. So if we're going to use it, it's good to, to not do things that would annoy people. So there will be a show notes page for this episode. I will, um, it will be the normal format. So englishwithkirsty.com slash podcast slash episode 144. And you can contact me there. There'll be the contact form. Or you can also send a message to podcast at englishwithkirsty.com. 
and I will link this article so it's going to be slightly different it's not an educational article but if you want to see the points written out see the list of them then you can click through to my other website and see that article so I'll link it from the show notes page as well okay what are the annoying things that people do um, one of the annoying things that people do is to make everything a hashtag so you know when you put this sign before the um, before a word so if I'm doing something about English I might put it before the word English or put some relevant hashtags at the end like learning English business English all these kind of things but when people write sentences where every word in the sentence is a hashtag that's just like really not helpful because when when do you do a search on the word the or something or you know like if every word is a hashtag which is the important word because the hashtags are supposed to be highlighting the relevant and important words so if everything is a hashtag everything isn't important so what what are you actually trying to do with that so when people go crazy i don't mean with putting so many hashtags at the end because i think sometimes people do use too many of those as well but i i can kind of see why they do that but when it's in the message itself when every word is a hashtag it's like no that's not what they're for Number two, um, this is more a Facebook thing, I think, although I do see it on Twitter too, statuses that don't tell you anything. They're just, it's kind of clickbait for Facebook, just wanting you to interact or wanting to get attention. So things like, oh, I know who my real friends are, or, oh, all men are the same, or all women are the same, or um, somebody's really annoying me today and that person knows who they are you know they don't tell you anything about what's happened what the problem is if somebody wants to talk about a problem and needs to find support on social media then that's fine but like these kind of clickbait um statuses are kind of annoying because then you think well is the person really okay and then somebody will invariably say oh what's wrong how can we help you and it turns out to be something really stupid usually really insignificant and I know that what's important to somebody may seem less important to someone else, but I think some of the dramas that, that go on are made worse by people interacting with this kind of attention-seeking behaviour. Because if people really need help, that's cool. If people are just trying to spread something around all their, their friends that they've had, uh, latest falling out with someone else, it's just like, we, you know, we, we should be, we could be better than this is what I think anyway. <laughs> Number three, this isn't a bad thing, but I just see it um, quite a lot. People answering with pictures. So I don't mean the emojis, I just mean like a picture. And that's fine if you know that the person who you're sending it to can see a picture, but um, I can't. And so when people answer me with a picture, then I have to either write back and say, I don't know what your picture is or find someone that can tell me what it is. And that's kind of unhelpful. So if you know that you're... Um, communicating with a visually impaired person then answering with a picture is is not helpful number four is specifically about twitter and it's about retweeting so yeah i retweet things that i like things that i think are interesting and things that i think will add value to my audience but um i've seen sometimes people like an account or maybe they have an, another account and they retweet about 20 things from that account and that just fills up people's feed. If they want to follow the other feed, they will do it. I mean, even send out a tweet saying, hey, there's this really good feed that posts about, you know, why don't you follow it? Or give people a flavor of what it what it puts out. But don't just sit there and retweet the whole feed because that's just filling up people's timelines. If they want to follow the other account, they can. And they don't need you to fill up their timeline with 20 things in really short succession from that feed.
Number five, this is something that's stopping really, but um, aggressively scheduled tweets. So if you have something new to send out, then sending it out every hour or something just so people see it. But if people look at your feed, all they see is the, the same thing again and again and again. And that is that's a bit spammy, really. And I know that that's why Twitter has really clamped down on some automatic scheduling services. I know that's also upset a lot of people who were using them properly. And it's often the way that the people who are using a service properly get penalised because other people aren't. Um, but I would definitely advise people not to do that because, um, you know, most people don't want to see the same tweet coming up in their feed again and again. Um, number six is, I wrote, people who think all Facebook admins are their new best friend or girlfriend material. Um, girlfriend or boyfriend material. Um, I put girlfriend because it, it used to happen to me quite a lot. Um, not so much now in my group that I have now, but I was a moderator in another group. And every time it felt like I was, I um, approved a load of membership requests. And then people would start adding me and trying to trying to flirt with me and it was it was kind of annoying because I was a group admin for a language group it wasn't some kind of matchmaking service um and I didn't want that yeah I'll talk to people I'll help people but you know it's it's not good when you first come across somebody and the first thing you do is start trying to flirt with them hitting on them and and all they're trying to do is do a job so yeah, a bit of respect for for admins and for people in general because even if you are looking for a partner um, there are ways to do that and ways to really um, make people want to run the other way if, if you come across as too intense. Number seven, people tagging everyone they know so that more people will see the post. Uh, this is more of an issue, I guess, on Facebook. I haven't really seen it on Twitter too much. But if you've got something that you want everyone to see, then don't just tag 50 friends so that the post gets seen by them. That's not cool. Yeah, if you're wishing, I don't know, Happy New Year or Happy Christmas or Happy whatever, and you want to include those friends, I'm, I'm not really talking about that kind of post. It's more if somebody has a new blog post or an event that they want to tell people about, and then they just tag half of their Facebook friends so the post gets bigger reach. That's, that's bad practice because it feels like you're using people just because of the contacts they have. It's not something that's directly relevant to them. And it's not something that they necessarily want want on their wall. It's just a lot of tags um, that, that they perhaps don't want. I mean, I've set mine up now so that nobody can tag me and it appears on my wall without my personally approving it because I want to be in charge of what's on my wall. So people can tag me to show me something. Um, and generally, when my friends tag me to, to, put, um, to put something on my wall, I, I will allow it. But it's more like people using that facility for their own benefits so it's nothing to do with me they're they're just tagging me because i'm one of their facebook friends and i think that's just, that's not a good practice to follow because it makes people feel that you're using them and, and nobody wants to feel that way and uh, number eight this is more twitter but hijacking of hashtags so when you see something's trending um and i don't mean you know sometimes it's really smart to see what's trending if you have an opinion on that or if you can say something that adds value to that um, hashtag, then great, you know, join the conversation. That's what they're there for. Um, but sometimes I think people look at, see what is trending and then jump on that hashtag to promote themselves, even though what they're doing is nothing to do with what the hashtag's about. So the most horrible 
um, example of that that I saw was there were some um, people that that died in an accident um, and there was a hashtag to remember them. It was in Turkish and some person that was trying to sell, I don't even know what they were trying to sell now, but it was <clears throat> it was completely irrelevant. And they jumped on this hashtag and started um, posting pictures of the products that they wanted to sell and just added this hashtag on. I don't even know if they understood what the Turkish meant, but it, you know, it was remembering these people that had died and that's just really inappropriate. So if you see a hashtag in a language that you don't speak and you don't know what it means, then don't use the hashtag um, and, and just use them, use them, in a good way use them wisely and don't just jump on something because you know that other people are going to be reading it number nine automatic direct messages on twitter does anybody actually like them does anybody feel that somebody really wants to connect if you get one i i don't i think they should be um deactivated i, I don't think they serve a good purpose um because nobody reads them. I do read direct messages, but I, I don't like the automated ones. And um, certainly if they're making a load of demands, like some of them I've seen like, oh, now come and join my Facebook group and buy my book and sign up to my event and follow me on Instagram and and send me a donation. And oh, no, I've just followed you because I want to see what kind of information you're posting. And I don't want to do all this. So um I would say don't use direct messages, but if you do, don't present people with a long list of demands and, and tasks that you want them to do. Number 10, follow for follow. It doesn't work. It harms your Facebook page if you have a Facebook page, if you get people to follow you, so you follow them and they never interact with your content, it will actually be worse for you. So if you have people who are not engaging with your posts, then Facebook will think, well, they obviously aren't putting out very good content. So we'll share this content to even less people. So if you have, say, 500 people who regularly like and share and comment on your posts, it's better than, say, 5,000 people who never do because the percentage of people who are interacting with what you put out on your Facebook page is higher. Even if you only have a smaller number of people doing that, it's more important how many of those people or what percentage of those people are actually interacting. So all these follow for follow things that you see on blog groups, you just think, oh, no, not another one of those because they really don't work. And in fact, um, on some social media platforms, they can be more harmful than than useful. Number 11, and this is relevant everywhere, whether you're talking about email or just telling people things or certainly on social media now where, where things have a farther reach. But don't share things, especially warnings or um, this is going to happen or um, this is this is an offer that's too good to be true, this kind of thing. Um, don't share them before you've checked the facts, especially for warnings, because I still see so many warnings that are being passed around on the Internet, even though there are sites to, to say, like, this is a hoax, this isn't true. It's really easy nowadays to Google. Um, and if you find a story that only one um, news outlet is, you know, it's, it's a, a URL that you don't know or that you that isn't a reputable source and they're saying something's terrible is going to happen then try googling it first to see if it it really is because it's it's spreading fear unnecessarily it is a form of fake news um and if you don't check the facts and it doesn't take long um you're helping to share fake news even if the intentions are really good like warning people about something that's bad or 
trying to share some information. If it's not good information, then you are actually spreading fake news and, and nobody wants to do that. Number 12, this is another accessibility thing, but in some of the Facebook groups that I'm in, people just post a picture with um, the thread rules or what, what you need to do in that thread. And that's really unhelpful for people that can't read pictures of text. So, you know, if you are a group admin, does it need to be a picture? It might look nice and pretty, but you are, by doing so, excluding anybody who's using screen reading software and who isn't able to, to read that, that picture of text. So could you provide an alternative for those people who can't get the information in the same way as everyone else from the picture? 13 is just a general thing and it's in society, it's in social media, it's in conversations that we have. People not listening. People, I think we feel that we need to show that we're involved in things by sharing our opinion and our thoughts and by becoming saying something so people can see that we're engaged or involved in a conversation. But if you want people to listen to you, then you need to show them the courtesy of listening to them as well and I see so many people just talking past each other now on social media and I think it's really sad because you know even if you don't agree with someone's opinion they may you might still learn something from them and if you don't learn something you may still understand them better if you take the time to listen to them and sometimes it feels that in conversations on social media or even in real life <laughs> in real life too, people are so busy thinking about their next point or what they're going to say or getting their point across that they don't listen anymore. And I think that's really sad because, you know, we we learn through our social interactions and we learn through listening. And I think that's a skill that, that people are losing or that, that people don't pay enough attention to. So if you are in a discussion, even if it's a heated one, take time to listen to what the other people are saying as well. Because it could be that you've misunderstood them and you're arguing about a point that they haven't actually made. But, you know, nobody likes to feel that they're not being listened to or taken seriously. And sometimes I just see discussions ending up as a kind of shouting match between all these different people who are never going to agree. That's fine. People don't have to agree. Um, and they don't have to persuade each other that, you know, that the one way is the right way. But if you don't listen, um, that actually reflects badly on you and not the other person because you haven't taken the time to listen. Number 14, this is more a blogging one, but um, when people do blog giveaways or some kind, they ask for some kind of interaction and the things you have to do are on other platforms. I think some people, particularly people in the, the blogging world who are very engaged on social media, forget that not everybody is on every social media platform and I would rather do some um, more frequently than be everywhere including places that I hate or don't feel add value to me and I think a lot of people are like that especially this is more for the people that are creating content you know just don't assume that everyone is everywhere because they probably aren't and if you make so many conditions if you, if you have some kind of offer or, or deal or, or giveaway and the conditions are, the main conditions are about platforms that people aren't even using. Well, then well, they're not going to bother with it, are they? Because they can't. You've just, just, you've just excluded them. So that's something to be aware of. Um, number 15, if you are on Facebook and you join some groups, that's, that's fine. I'm in all kinds of groups on Facebook. Some of them are for people with small businesses. For It doesn't tend to be the language teachers that do it, really. But it's the people with businesses. Um, 
and on Xing, which is a platform in Germany. It's a bit like LinkedIn. Um, it's supposed to be a business platform. Um, but in both of these places, um, Facebook and Xing, I've, I've joined groups and then people have started private messaging me saying, hey, do you want to buy my stuff? I've got this really good offer and I'm not even contacts with them. Like I haven't added them. It's just like cold calling and it's not cool. You know, people don't join groups to be bombarded with spam about stuff that they haven't asked to know about. So <clears throat> if you do join groups, then um, don't start spamming people is the basic advice there. And then I asked for a couple more points um, from my group, Facebook group for learners of English. If you want to join it, um, I will also put the link on the show notes page, but please remember that you do need to answer the questions or you won't be approved because I need to know that you are an English learner and not a bot or somebody that's just joining thousands and thousands of groups um, to spam them. So you, you do need to answer the questions if you want to join the Facebook group. But anyway, the people in the Facebook group had some more ideas and these are the things that they said. So they said, stop unfriending people for no reason. So if you've been friends with somebody for a long time, and you just unfriend them, then you, that, that makes people wonder why. I think this is more if you are like good friends with somebody, not just somebody you added from a random group five years ago, but you know, if, if you had a relationship and then you just, just a, a friendship and then decided to end that for, well, not no reason, but for a reason unknown to them, then, then people don't like that. Stop posting hate speech and false news. I can agree with that. Um, stop unfriending people because they have different opinions and I think that's a yeah that is definitely a danger because if you only have people on your feed who share your opinion, opinion about everything then there's a whole world around you and you, you don't know what they're thinking what they're believing I understand that people don't want a lot of stuff on their feed that isn't isn't okay but for me I generally make a distinction so if something is actually offensive I probably will unfriend people because I don't want I don't want offensive stuff on my feed um, you can also unfollow people without unfriending them um, but I think if it's just a different opinion then we need to be able to tolerate some degree of different opinions because how else do you develop your own opinion how else do you understand the people around you so I think there's a danger if we only ever come into contact with people who share our opinions because then we don't learn about the rest of the people around us Stop trying to shout everyone down when you have no idea what you're talking about. You know, it isn't the person who's the loudest that's right. It's not the person who gets most aggressive on social media that, that knows all the facts. Um, and so I think sometimes people have just learned to be really belligerent to get their point across. But really, that doesn't mean that you know the most. And again, I guess that comes back to listening. So what would you add to this list? What what annoys you on social media? How do you think social media in general could be a better place? Um, you know, what things would we need to stop doing in order for that to happen? Let me know um, either on the show notes page or there's um, all through the form on the show notes page or you can email me at podcast at englishwithkirsty.com. Have a good week. And although this hasn't been specifically about learning English, I hope it's been helpful like some of the things uh, whichever language you're learning, whichever language your native language is, um, maybe you can relate to some of the points here. But anyway, have a good week and have fun learning English.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the English with Kirsty podcast. If you have any questions or comments, my email address is kirsty at englishwithkirsty.com or you can go to www.englishwithkirsty.com slash podcast where you'll find information about the individual episodes. 